I let the weeds and the thorns go long enough, pretty soon there'll be nothing left of the good grass. There'll be nothing left of the beautiful flowers or the crops. They will take over everything and worry. I think right now in the world, we're seeing so much worry, so much anxiety. It's it's becoming an epidemic and it is crowding out the words of the Lord. And if you're seeing, we'll just start with that one, the worries of this life. If you are seeing that in your life, it is time to ask the Lord, how do I root out those deep-rooted weeds and thorns of worry? Because they will overtake your life. Welcome to the I Will Be Your Church podcast, Virtual Sanctuary. Be strengthened today with the truth of God's love so that you can say to your families, your friends, your co-workers, and your social media worlds, I will be your church. All this week we're looking at the parable called The Sower Sows the Word. That Jesus says, if you don't understand this parable, you won't understand all of his parables. So each day this week, we will be looking at one of each of the areas discussed in this parable. Let's quickly review the first three days. When we talk about the farmer, we're talking about Jesus. And the seeds are the words of God. And where the seed falls or is planted is the soil of our lives. The soil of our lives is valuable and precious and needs to be treated like that it is true. And you need to identify the shallow beliefs in your life and dig down deep to let God's word take hold in your heart and act as an anchor to your soul. Now let's take a look at the next type of heart Jesus talks about, a heart choked by the thorns and the weeds of the world. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. Other seeds fell among thorns and weeds that grew up and choked out the tender plants, and they produced no grain. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Then Jesus said to them, If you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell among the thorns and weeds represents Others who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. So we've got someone who's hearing God's word, and that word's growing, that word's planted in soil. We know that the soil is somewhat good, like it's, it's someone who's trying to understand God. You know, they, they want to hear the word. They want that to produce fruit. Yet at the same time, now this would what I would be considered a double-minded person that James talks about, to where you want God and you want the world. It would also be called a lukewarm person, someone who's sitting on the fence. So I, I want God's word to grow. But at the same time, I've got a bunch of worldly stuff going on in my life. And that's considered what Jesus is saying, thorns and weeds. How many times you look at a farm field, a beautiful row of, of soybeans, and all of a sudden you got a bunch of crazy goldenrod and stuff all coming up. That'll grow right along with, with the beans or the corns. And they look beautiful. 
Yeah, sometimes they look good, but you know, it's really taking the place of the crop that the farmer's trying to cultivate. And so what does that farmer got to do? He's got to go in there with most of the time, you know, herbicides and spray down all that stuff and, and get rid of all those weeds or it's going to contaminate his crop. Well, that's what Jesus is saying is happening to these type of people to where the seeds are planted among thorns and weeds. And then and what does he characterize as, as the thorns and weeds? The message is crowded out by the worries of this life. So there's number one thorn and weed, worries of life. Number two, the lure of wealth. I think the King James Version calls it the deceitfulness of riches. And then thirdly, the desire for other things. So those are the three things that we could talk about today. And how do these things apply to our lives? I think the thing about thorns and weeds is how fast they grow, mm-hmm. how fast they take over your property, and how if you don't get them by the roots, they just grow right back and they grow back quickly. So, uh, you know, I've, I have had some weeds in my front yard that... I pull at and pull at and they snap off, right? And I don't get the root and maybe two days later. And those roots, man, they are in there. They are solid in there. They are dug in deep and it is just really hard. So if you don't get these weeds out, if you don't take the time to address them, they will take over your life. They will take over the seed and the soil of your life. You cannot bear good fruit. You won't be able to do it. You know, at least with the rocky soil, where there's rocks, there might be a spot that isn't so rocky. And maybe I could see some grass. I let the weeds and the thorns go long enough. Pretty soon, there'll be nothing left of the good grass. There'll be nothing left of the beautiful flowers or the crops. They will take over everything and worry. I think right now in the world, we're seeing so much worry so much anxiety. It's it's becoming an epidemic and it is crowding out the words of the Lord. And if you're seeing, we'll just start with that in the worries of this life. If you are seeing that in your life, it is time to ask the Lord, how do I root out those deep rooted weeds and thorns of worry? Because mm-hmm. they will overtake your life. Yep. You know, what's interesting about these three weeds, they're not real things. Have you ever thought about that? Yeah. They're not real. Do you know a worrier? I've known several worriers in my life and they're worried about things most of the time that are non-existent. Or what could happen, what what might happen. happen. Right. They're consumed by the fear of what could happen. Not yeah. what is actually happening necessarily around them or the wounds that they've already gone through. It's about future things and possibilities that might overtake them. And their lives are almost, I know I've known people whose lives have been really destroyed by worry alone. But then you look at the lure of wealth. It doesn't say wealth. It doesn't say riches. It's the lure or the deceitfulness of riches. That's not yeah. a real thing. You could be broke, poor, and still be ruled by the love of money. Yeah. It could have and power. And lured power. by it, making decisions based on your hopes of getting yeah, it. Exactly. And then the desire of other things, or it, also, it could also be the lusts of other things. It doesn't say the things. No. Yeah. It's the desire and the lust that's controlling and consuming you. 
And the things is anything, anything that desire or lust that's overpowering in your life and actually motivating your decisions and actions. These weeds are not tangible things. And that's, the I think, the danger of what the enemy is doing on this cultural aspect of, of what Jesus is warning about. These are subjective. <laughs> These are different for every person, yet they're still powerful weeds that will choke God's will for your life if you let them grow and, and take over. I think what's interesting about this day as well and with the weeds and the thorns is I think out of all of them, I can see this one in the other parables and words of Jesus more than any other one Mm -hmm. where he talks about, don't be worried about tomorrow. Tomorrow takes care of itself. Just deal with today. Be in the now. Be today. The lure of wealth, right? Desires for other things. He says, look at the birds. God clothes them. He feeds them. Look at the lilies. He clothes them. Don't you worry about what you need to eat, what you need to drink. God knows you need those. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all those other things will be added unto you. So I see all the other parables of Jesus wrapped up in these, where what you're talking about, where it's when you're going after something that's not going after him, when you're concerning your life, concerning your thoughts, concerning your mind. So remember at the beginning of this week, we talked about When you have good seeds planted, you need to water those seeds. You need to water them with good words, with reading the word, with hearing good teachings, with being around other believers who are talking these things, speaking these things. That's how you water the word of God in your life. So if instead of surrounding yourself with those good things that are going to water the good seed, if you are filling your life with the worries of life. If you're filling your soil, if you're watering the seeds in your soil with the lure and the pursuit of wealth, if you are watering and fertilizing your seeds in your soil of your life with the lust and the desire for things, you are watering weeds. And your crop, your good crop, the crop of God's word, you're not watering that and it will eventually be choked out of your life. I mean, that's what it says. It's going to, it'll consume your life and choke out the good word. Well, we don't want that. That's not what we're looking for today. Joanna, what's that proverb? Uh, In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. The actual Proverbs is Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding of a situation. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. So I think we could use that one scripture and apply it to these three weeds on how to turn the table on the enemy and actually have good soil. Because I see America as as going through this right now. I see the worries, the lure of wealth, and the desire of, of things dominating the American culture right now. I see, but if, applying that scripture in Proverbs acknowledging God in all of our ways and he will direct our paths. So let's take really quick worries of this life. How can we acknowledge God with the things in life that may happen or are happening that are beyond our control or that, you know, maybe chaotic? How could we acknowledge God in those things and not worry? Well, I think just by saying, I trust in you, Lord. As we see this America uh, seemingly torn at the seams, 
uh, as we see maybe our own life, maybe a sickness is coming up, maybe a job situation, you know, there's a million things we could be worried about. But if we take the time not to say, I'm going to try to figure this out. No, let's turn to the Lord. Say, Lord, you've got a plan. I want to hear from you. I want to be an obedient son or daughter. I want to take action that you direct me in. And I trust in you to take care of me. That would be a way of acknowledging him, acknowledging God through whatever craziness may be on the horizon or may not be. You never know. But it's acknowledging God first that he's got the preeminence. He's got the authority and that we will choose to walk in that instead of let worry take root in our life. Now, the lure of wealth or the deceitfulness of riches. What would be a good way uh, using that proverb to apply to there to not let the lure of wealth take over in our lives? Well, I think submitting to him, when I submit to him and I'm trusting in him and he's directing my paths, I don't need to worry about pursuing wealth. If he's calling me to do something, he'll make a way. He'll provide the ability. He'll provide the finances I need. I think that's a good start for me. Yeah, I completely agree. So I guess on this one, for me, it's perspective. The deceitfulness of riches, to me, that says that riches can solve my problems. Wealth insulates me from harm or from, you know, destruction or whatever. Wealth is wealth is my anchor. And I think that's, you know, a lot of people in America maybe think like that. Of course, a lot of poor people may too around the world, you know, because they think if they could just get wealth, they could, they'd be all right. Yeah. And so what that rules our decisions of how we work, how we're, how we save, how we have insurance, how we do all these things to try to get to a certain level or status that this will make me whatever. That's the deceit of it because it really doesn't. You could die tomorrow and the whole thing is for nothing. But I think that, like you said, if we treat our work and our finances as tools and gifts from the Lord and for the Lord, and our mindset is not to pile up wealth, it's not to gain insulation and protection through wealth. My job is to acknowledge God do the very best that I can do with what he's given me and let him increase me as he sees fits. I want to be a faithful steward of the, of the finance he's given me, of the gifts and talents that he's put in me. I, I want to develop those and cultivate those in my job. I want to walk out love and all the fr- other fruits of the spirit on a daily basis in my work. That's the true wealth that we really should be seeking and trusting in the Lord. And if that leads me to be a millionaire or that leads me to be an entrepreneur or that leads me to just be a a good manager somewhere or that's up to the Lord. And I think there's the difference. We'll let the Lord cause the increase instead of us trying to seek it and get after it. And it becomes a weed in our life and chokes out the word. And then the third one, the desire or the lust for things. And man, because desire in and of itself isn't necessarily bad. Right. I mean, you might desire for good things. You might desire Mm -hmm. wonderful things. So it's the desire for other things to replace God, the Mm -hmm. lust for other things that would somehow replace him in your life or would somehow take him out of first place. Yeah, because it's not the things like we already talked about. It's the lust or desire that turns into a weed and chokes out what God's real plan is. I believe God has ordained and blessed America. America is a source of blessing to the world in so many ways. Our standard of living right now in America is greater than any other time in human history. 
our poorest people are some of the richest people on the planet right now. America is blessed. It doesn't mean we do everything right as a no, nation all the time. You know, it's not correct. we fail. We fail as a nation. But God has released a blessing upon this culture, upon this system of government. But I get I say that to say this. All good things come from God. Every good gift comes down from God. So things, inventions, the new things, you know, the, the newfangled, whatever it is. The technologies. The technology. And- in and of themselves, they're not, unless it's a dark thing, you know, unless it's a destructive thing or something or perverted or twisted, whatever. But any good thing, a desirable thing, a nice thing, you know, something productive, nice, cool, it's from God. It, that's the fruit of the gifts and talents and ideas that God has released in the earth and in people. Those things are not bad. The desire and, and lust for those things can be used by the enemy to stop what God is doing. So if there's something that you admire, that you desire, that you like, that you want, apply that Proverbs scripture in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. This is where I think as sometimes as Christians, we've cut God out of our thinking and our thought processes and our decision-making. When we want something, we keep it for ourselves instead of sharing it with the Lord. In other words, man, Lord, I really like this new thing, whatever it is, or maybe I want a new car, or maybe I want a new house or clothes or whatever it is. Have you prayed about it? Have you taken it to the Lord? Have you discussed it with your father and said, Lord, this new iPad would really be cool. I could use it in so many ways. I could use it for Zoom and FaceTime and reach out to my friends and relatives and just use it for so many wonderful things. You know, maybe share with, let the Lord share back and forth of how you could bless others with it, how it could save you time and money, maybe. And then trust the Lord, right? Have a conversation with the Father. Acknowledge him in this thing that you want instead of like, on the other hand, you say, I'm going to get that. It's the coolest thing out there there and I'm going to do whatever it takes and I'm going to get that thing. And when that's your mindset and attitude, it just becomes a, a challenge to get. And then once you get it, you're on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. You just become a consumer of things. You're making me think of that scripture from Hebrews uh, chapter six. Uh, I think it's seven and eight. When the ground soaks up the falling rain, so when the good soil soaks up the falling rain and bears a good crop for the farmer, it has God's blessing. Mm -hmm. But if a field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless. The farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it. So I'm just thinking about what you're saying, right? So if you are seeking out something, If you are seeking for uh, something that is going to bring benefit to your life, to the life of the people around you, to your family, to your friends, to your coworkers, to your church, to your community, and you are taking it to God and saying, God, I want to use this for good. I want to do something good with this. And you have those conversations. It says, God can bless that. That's an attitude God can bless. But... If your soil is full of the thorns and the thistles, the lust, the desires, the lure of wealth, the worries of life, it says it takes over. Mm -hmm. The the field will be taken over and the farmer will have to condemn the whole field and burn it so that he can start fresh. 
Yeah. And now that sounds like a scary scripture, but let's <laughs> let's think about this for a second. So it could turn out to be pretty scary if you let it go and you let it go and it and you wait till the end of your life and and you have just let weeds and thorns build your whole life. I don't mm-hmm. think I'd want to be quite in that position at the end of my days here on earth. Mm-hmm. But I think of this uh, young guy in our neighborhood who is doing landscaping and his advertisement is, is your yard so taken over by weeds that you can no longer pull them up? Let us come dig up your yard and resod the whole thing. I think this is a great way to end it. If right now you are looking at your life and you are saying, Oh my gosh, I am full of every single one of those weeds. I worry about life. I'm concerned with wealth. I'm constantly seeking other things and I've not been giving God's word the place in my life and I'm not watering it with good things. If that's you and you feel like your life is being overtaken by weeds, guess what? He can come in. He can remove that entire layer of soil and start fresh, lay down fresh seed, lay down fresh soil and plant you fresh with the word of God. And all you have to do is say it, ask him, say, God, come and clean out my yard, clean out my soil. And he can do that for you. That's right. Well, today I pray for you that you would have eyes that see beyond this temporary world, beyond the cares and the desires of this world see the eternal value of having a life that grows in faith and love and the fruit of God's kingdom. I pray today that you would have the courage to tear out the weeds and thorns that have been choking out the power of God from your life and let God tear them out and that you would choose to follow God's ways instead of the world's ways. Now go with God into your day. If you feel blessed by the I Will Be Your Church podcast, please subscribe so you never miss a day. And then share it with your friends. Check out our website, IWillBeYourChurch.com to learn more about us, check out Ben's blog, connect with us on social media, and become part of this church family movement.